welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hiya, guys. And as a replacement Mark Barrett this year, Paul Hudson. Hello. How you doing, Paul? He's chirpier not, than Mark, bad. isn't he? He's chirpier. <laughs> I like it. It brings energy. Well, seeing as... And words. Seeing as Mark watched and, a total of about three films this year. Yeah, he wasn't actually able to compete in this because he didn't have four different films for four different categories. <laughs> Although, of course, we've expanded it slightly so there is more than four. So we've replaced him... Well, <laughs> well not... We've filled his spot. Yeah. He, he, you're now basically our sort of semi-permanent member. I think. Emerge- yeah. You're emergency um, you're, Mark. You I'm, are our regular I'm, contributor at this point. I'm metaphorically and literally filling his shoes. <laughs> For what is our review of 2017. What a year for everything. Yeah. Politics, great. Couldn't have been better. Everything went perfect (laughs) this year. Everything. Everything. Brexit means Brexit and we're well into that shit. So, obviously, (laughs) we know how this works. You know how this works. So we're going to review our best moment of the year, most disappointing film of the year. Yes. Best film of the year and worst film of the year. Sure we are. Um, with a couple of extra categories thrown in there just because we like more stuff. Yes. Shall we just crack on because these are normally long, so let's... <laughs> yeah, we don't want to bore them too much. Let's not preamble too much. Where should we start? We know where we start. It's best moment. Okay. Who wants to start? I don't mind going first. You go first. Because I think mine's a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you know me... Fairly well, and you've been hanging around with me at any point. I've definitely mentioned this moment. My best moment of the year was during It. Yes! And it, it was a film I never expected to A, see, because it was a horror movie, Yeah. Um, and B, enjoy. Yeah. But there's a moment in It where the, she, um, she goes down into the sewer... And some little bit of music starts playing, and it says Pennywise's dancing circus, like or Pennywise the dancing clown. Yeah, the thing falls down, and Pennywise does this dance where his entire body moves, Apart his, from his head. head stays in exactly the same place. Yes. <laughs> and all I can hear every time I see it is just the noise of boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. <laughs> this moment, a, I absolutely adored it when I watched it in the cinema. Like, I was like, this is incredible. Like, it's, <laughs> I had so much fun at that moment. But since then, on YouTube, I found multiple compilations of Pennywise dances to anything, where people have just put different music to this one dancing scene. It's very good. And it's just it made that enjoyment and that. And there's a lot of things, like there's a lot of shots in films that are gone, oh, yeah, that was beautiful, you know. Like, for example, like, one of the most beautiful shots I've seen all year is in Blade Runner 2049, where he arrives in Las Vegas. Mm. It's It's gorgeous. But nothing's made me enjoy cinema as much as a dancing clown in it. And at the start of the year, I did not think I would be saying that. Yeah. Uh, that's good. So my choice... I was really glad because I I, the, I was like, oh, he's not going to choose it. He's not going to choose it. After all this time of saying... You both know, yeah. because basically every time I... Like Paul's been round, I've ended up mentioning this scene at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or we've watched some of the yeah. compilation videos. Yeah. yeah, they're good. It's good. All right. Well, that's good. Good to start us off with a, a fun one. With a cracking banger of a scene. Um, Who wants to go next? Do you want me to go next? I'll yeah. go next. Yeah, yeah you go, go next. In, in, All right, you case, go next. In case you take mine. Paul's like Pennywise, the dancing <laughs> <black>. <laughs> Um, no, my my, um, my best moment of the year came fairly early on, actually, uh, in March, 
with within Logan. Okay. Um, now this was a category that I had. There were there were several several contenders, and I realised they were all before June. Um, but I thought so. I thought I'd go halfway and go into March. Uh, no, in 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 Logan, which is a masterpiece of a film in general, there is um, a scene. Spoiler alert: where um, Wolverine buries Professor X. Um, mm. Now that that scene of him um, him uh, you know sort of digging up the grave and burying him, and uh, then he goes over and, and lets out his. Um, sadness and frustrations and anger on the on car, the car. Yeah. Um, and it's that, that that moment in that film where because obviously and I I think it, it, it's the fact that it's the sort of pinnacle point of 17 years mm. of watching these characters or however long it 2000 yeah. for the first one yeah, yeah he's 17 been years, years. Yeah. Um, you know you've seen the relationship between those two characters Especially, you know, develop throughout that whole that whole era, um, and then that was just such such a fitting moment to sort of show the end of that relationship between the two of them. Mm. Um, and to be honest, one of my other contenders was also was when Wolverine dies in in that. But I yeah. had to give it to, especially with Patrick Stewart's performance. There's about to, five or six moments in that yeah. film alone that yeah. could have you, qualified. You could qualify the whole running time. Yes, <laughs> that's the best moment. Um, but no, it's, it's gen, it, it was just that, it, it's a scene that brought my, a tear to my eye. And that is the first time a comic book movie of any kind mm-hmm. has has actually done that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's got the emotional brevity to it. You know, it really leaves you sort of reeling after that moment mm. um and yeah it's just you know it's just something where you see and it, i think it's it's the moment when you see hugh jackman at his best as well mm. as an actor you know because yeah. obviously especially with i think the, it's a really fine performance from him yeah. throughout and yeah it's nice that he gets those moments in that film yeah because it's you, not just one yeah you've, yeah, you've got yeah, a exactly. few of those and it's moments that he would get in no other x-men universe absolutely film ever not. yeah you know so so the fact that everything came together with james mangold's script and and uh the the two central performances in that film to lead to that and have that moment in there it was it's just also just that, powerful. in that moment is the bit where it's i think it's even in the trailer where you see him standing there with the shovel and um, yes. he grabs his hand. Yeah, mm. exactly. So he grabs his hand, and that's such a beautiful little yeah. touch, mm. um, which really makes a moment like that. Yeah. It's, the, it's the little things that I think make make it really yeah. work. Yeah, and it's even the setting of it. You know, the fact that he gets buried in these just some woods yeah. at the side of the road. Yeah, done unceremoniously, really. Yeah, um, because that you know that's the that's the position that he's forced into, mm. and. But yeah, no, it is everything about that scene, you know, even the even down to the cinematography and the score at the time, it just all really adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, you yeah, I just I had a few a few other contenders that were not as not quite yeah. as emotional as that one, but mm-hmm. that is it is the most emotional I've been in the cinema. Well what we'll do this year. We'll get yours mm-hmm. and then we'll talk a couple of moments that could have qualified okay and then we'll mm. discuss which one it actually do our honorable mentions yeah. after these okay so uh my best moment basically uh, long-term listeners will remember that last year i went for an entire scene as my best moment <laughs> which was 
I'll be honest, greedy. I almost went for a third of a film last time. Yeah, and, and Barrett actually did go for uh, an entire sequence within The Nice Guys. So, <laughs> oh, no, that was me. Oh, that was yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was mine. Um, so this year I thought I'd just go the opposite direction and actually go, right, it's called Best Moment in a Film for a Reason. It should just be a moment. Uh, and it is quite literally half a second. Um, the moment where Superman's eyes track the flashes of <laughs> No, because that did feel like an eternity. Um, <laughs> no, so um, back in February, uh, train spotting, or T2 train spotting came out. January, um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the, the moment I've chosen, I chose at the time, and there's been one thing that's really rivaled it. Okay, yeah, I'm um, interested to know what moment this is, actually. Fact, I, I think I know which one it Cause is. Because there's, there's a moment in Trade Fighter 2 which I think is fantastic, but I'm actually mm. interested to know what yours is. Uh, so, the the moment is um, uh, Renton goes back to his childhood home and the house that he grew up in and he goes into his bedroom and he starts sorting through all his records and he finds mm. Lust for Life and he puts it onto the, uh, onto the uh, vinyl player and it's the moment that it hits the groove in the track and start, and you just hear that first drum beat hmm. and then he takes it off because he can't handle it. But in that half a um. second, everything comes rushing back to you and to him. You get everything from that first film, the entire yeah. weight of that first film and all the repercussions. They're all contained within that, yeah. that half second, you know, if that, and that's all you get, you just get, and that's it. And I think it's one of the most powerful moments in cinema this year because you get this weight of 20 years of sort of loneliness almost. Yeah, it's... it's I, and living with the living with what he's done to his friends. And Trainspotting 2 is one of those films that I keep saying to you, I keep forgetting came out this year mm. and forgetting how much I absolutely adored that film. Um, yeah, you're right. It is, it's a moment filled with heft and it is, mm. it is a moment... Like a very brief kind of yeah, because the the moment I always remember from T two is when they sing the song. Yeah, well, this is the thing, which Catholic, literally yeah. had me crying with laughter. Two, the two of my contenders for best moment were from T two. One of them was the the No More Catholics Left song. Yeah, and the other was the first time that uh, Begbie and Re- uh, Bigby and Renton run into each other again, mm-hmm. uh, and the moment they sort of realise who they're talking to. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's. I mean that is a very, what you know it is you're right it's sort of very symbolic of the, the every, all that unwritten unwritten unseen stuff that's happening between those films mm. you know sort of not ma- it doesn't matter at that moment because that's when everything from all the emotions from the first one come back to him and it's like you said it isn't just a moment for the character it's a moment for the audience as well yeah um and another another really nice touch, but the problem is it's it's throughout the entire film, is the um, is it like the flickering kind of pictures or the, it kind of freeze frames a little bit like photo. Oh yeah, film. yeah. But it happens throughout the film, so yeah. it can't so be a moment. But it's yeah. it's another really nice touch. But when he's walking kind of, down a street from the first film, yeah. and then yeah, he gets like a freeze frame. It's kind of like because yeah. it's, it's so much about memory that yeah. it, it becomes that. No, no, great, mm. a great, great choice. Um, a couple of that I was thinking about. Yeah, I've got about. two honourable mentions. Um, there's the, from Alien Covenant, there is the point where he starts playing, um, the David starts playing the flute, and the other android starts playing. Yeah. He's like, let me do the fingering. <laughs> <laughs> 
which which is hilarious. Um, there, there's a moment in Star Wars which is baffling, but I won't go into it because it's still a fairly new release, and right. I don't really want to talk about it. Um, one of the actual, because obviously there's a pretty silly ones, but two moments that I think are really powerful from this year is the Wonder Woman over the trench moment, mm-hmm. which I thought was really empowering. Yeah. Not only to that character, but to you know females everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was it's such a powerful image that it it deserves a mention because it is incredible to yeah. see. Um, and then another one is in the film Wind River, which have you have you seen Wind River? Oh, no, I never got to it. Okay. I don't want to tell you it then mm. because it's it. There was a moment in Wind River. You did mention when you saw it. Took my breath away mm. in kind of a sharp intake, and it was very much akin to we talked about the I Daniel Blake food bank scene mm. uh, a couple of years ago or last year or something, whenever that came out. Um, and it was a moment like that where something happens and it's only about twenty seconds, and it's what I remember from that film. Yeah, and Wind River has a couple of moments like that, and I really, really enjoyed that film. Um, but I really implore, watch that film, you'll know exactly the moment I mean, but it, it is a really genuinely beautiful, beautiful mm. kind of, where it's placed and what it does, it's beautifully crafted. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of another reason why I didn't pick that one, because I didn't really want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah. I just kind of want to get people to go see that film, because it is really well done. And I think some people didn't like it, but I think for me, it really worked. Mm. I think I've got um, uh, two two honourable mentions as well. Uh, first, which again came very early on throughout the year, um, was um, in the film Moonlight. Uh, now, if you've seen Moonlight, you're very familiar with the, the, the way it's structured into three acts okay. that follow depict different parts of this one character's life. Uh, now, it's, it's one of the final scenes within the second part um, where he... Uh, he goes into a classroom and um, there's there's someone there's a kid that's been bullying him basically, mm. and he just picks up a chair and and smashes it over this guy's head. Now this is a character. The, the moment has for me was very powerful because up until that point he had been someone who was very shy and reserved and and was just taking all of this bullying mm-hmm. and and this was the moment where all of all of that sort of negativity that had been forced upon him for the the entirety of his life up till that point um sort of really came to a head and 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 he you know it it was it was a turning point yeah. for the character um and it's just a when when you see it in you know I don't think it's a huge spoiler for people that haven't seen it because when you see it in it's the contrast with the, the rest of, of the with film. yeah with the rest of what you've seen of that character up till that point, that really makes it sort of stay with you, I think. Uh, and there was a couple of other things that I could have picked out from that film, but that was the real moment in that that that, that uh, sort of grabbed me. Um, but yeah, no, my other my other men- uh, my other honourable mention um, is uh, in Baby Driver. Um, Again, there's a there's there's a couple of funny ones that I could have yeah. mentioned, like uh, what, the moment you see the names of the cassettes that he's been recording, mm, yeah, or yeah. you know stuff like this. Um, but no, there's there's um, there's a great moment in that where uh, there's a diner scene where um, uh, the the sort of four members of this heist crew are are go, going to get something to eat, 
Um, and John Hamm's character, um, well, well, Jamie Foxx's character starts basically insulting John Hamm's character, and without any dialogue, the reaction that John Hamm has to ha- everything that that this other character is saying to him um, is a really powerful, powerful. You know, I, I thought it was a re- real great example of how good John Hamm can be. Yeah. Um, especially in a film that relies so heavily on sound throughout it, and that's the one moment in that film where you didn't need the the sound to to ex- feel exactly what that character was yeah, yeah, was yeah. going through. Um, and yeah, no, it just it, I, I know it's it's probably not going to make it onto anyone else in the world's list of, of the, these things, yeah, yeah. but for me, I, I really enjoyed that individual moment. Well, speaking about sound in films, um, it's more of a scene. Well, it is a scene, but it is a moment. But there is a moment in John Wick too, where mm. he goes into a art gallery and basically has a gunfight. But the director took out all the drum beats and the music and replaced it with gunshots. Yes, and it's incredible just because of how batshit crazy that idea is. Yeah. Um, but okay, I'm from yourself. Then. Uh, I've got two. Um, you've not seen Paddington Two, have you? No. Okay, so one of mine's from Paddington Two. <laughs> uh, in fact, it's the end credit sequence. Uh, there is a moment. Well, it's a long moment. Uh, Hugh Grant has a has a turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the credits, and it is one of the funniest sort of sequences I've seen in film this year, and just pure pure joy on the face of everyone involved. Yeah. And it's it sort of summarizes exactly the sort of the way I feel about Hugh Grant at the moment, which is overjoyed to see him working <laughs> because at the moment he's had two real successes in a row in Florence Foster Jenkins last year and Paddington Two this year, and I think Paddington Two. He's clearly having a lot of fun and not always uh, without sort of that smile going, well, you know, I know who I am and I know where I've been and, Mm. you know, this is basically the character. But the end credit sequence is phenomenal, Mm. purely for Hugh Grant in it. I'm going to need to watch those films. Well, yeah, I mean, I walked out uh, as soon as the credits started. Oh, no. So so I I assure you now, you you need to see that because it is great. Mm. Uh, and the other moment uh, that I had was, um, you'll remember when I did my review of a ghost story in August, I talked about the pie scene. Yeah, because that's what I thought you would go with, because I'm still not... That's, to catch that, that, that was the other thing for me. I mean, weirdly, that would have been a longer choice than last year, because it's a good five minutes at least. <laughs> um, beautiful scene. Uh, just, uh, you know, powerful, very emotive. Uh, you get the weight of everything that's happening in that film at that point. And it serves as sort of an emotional catalyst almost for the rest of the film's events. Um, uh, I mean, uh, not a lot of people saw that film and it's, it's kind of disheartening because you kind of think the problem is, you know, Justice League's made however much money it's made this year. And something like this gets seen by a handful of people, but it's, it's really, really it's top class. It's top class filmmaking, and I think it's this scene in particular. It's a static shot, mm. and it's it's just one of the most powerful things you'll see in in cinema this year. And the thing is, this this category is always fairly hard because we've seen so many films, and so many of them 
have got different like, moments, whether they're yeah. for laughter, like, sadness, whatever. There's so many I, I could pick from, and it's hard. But we've picked three, mm. and we've picked three probably of the dark, most darkest and serious mm. moments. We have, you know, Logan's burial of mm. Professor X. We've got... Um, the turntable sequence mm. in well, the turntable half second in, in T two, and we've got Pennywise's dance from it. <laughs> so, so the question is, <laughs> forgot that was your choice. <laughs> the question is, which is the best moment? Because I understand what you're saying that there's a lot of emotional heft in yours, mm. but at the same time, it has to terrify a girl. <laughs> like Pennywise has to terrify somebody. And if we're talking about, you know, the, sound, the well, soundscape see, and stuff, yeah. like, no, like in Logan, you're talking about, yeah. like, you know, not only the way it's filmed, the yeah. way it sounds, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it does that. I mean, I do have to say, <laughs> I, I probably took most most away from, from that, that scene of, of Pennywise dancing because um, it's really taught me some new moves. That yeah, I, yeah, it's, that it's, I, it's my go-to dance move. Yeah, and I've been, I've been doing great with the ladies since then. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, real, it's real peacocking stuff. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the thing is, right, I'm going to say this right now. I can't win this. You know that, don't it's, you? There's yeah, no yeah. way. With the other two moments I, 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 on the table, you, there is no you, way I can win this. It's like when you chose Godzilla's um, <laughs> nuclear breath as I, your... I don't know why, but best moment always seems to be the one I go into knowing I'm going to yeah, lose. You go, you go for the answer that means most to you, but definitely doesn't mean anything to anyone else. Uh, so, no, like, uh, but like you say, you know, it is a great moment in that film, mm. which is a film that surprised me a lot and yeah. actually had a lot of great moments in it and did a good job of what it needed to do, I think. Um, so I don't think it's a disservice to it that, you mm. know, that it's not going to win this category. I think it's it's great that it's mentioned. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's great that it's made such an impression mm. on you. Because, I mean, obviously, if I wasn't voting for my own, I would definitely go for Logan. Yeah. My, mine's with Logan anyway, just because because of what that film did for me, mm. and you're right, that is one of the mm. most powerful moments in that in mm. that film. I think there are a couple of moments that I probably prefer, but it's still a yeah. very strong moment. And yeah. I think I think it's probably also one I picked up on more than I did the the train spot yeah. one. And while the train spot one, when you look back and you discuss it, I go, yes, that's exactly what that means. At that moment, did I feel it? Mm. Probably not. But well, this time... is the thing. For and again, you know, as I say, that moment in T two is 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 phenomenal. The, I think what it comes down to for me is the fact that I watched the first Train Spotting a week before mm. I watched Same. Train Spotting two for the first time. Yeah. So I didn't have that, you know, because as yeah. you say, not only is it doing it for the character, but it's doing it for the audience as mm. well. But I didn't have that nostalgia mm. with that that mm. character with those that that setting. It was literally new to me, so I was just like, "Oh, that's like a week ago." Yeah, um, I can un- and it's all right for you. They're, both, win. they're both. You've no, come they're in both, here. They're both very similar. You come in. This is your first year review with us, and you've well, just stolen a win what, from out under my nose. What, what, what I think is openly nice about- wept in the cinema when that turntable started. <laughs> what, what I think is nice about the the fact that it's down to these two moments, mm. though, is that they're both. Effectively, the end points of things, or not end points, but you know, they're they're they're, they're things where it brings back memories yes. of, of times before. Yeah, mm. and you know, they're both you know, twenty years for Trainspotting two, and seventeen years for these mm. uh, for and Logan. How how long ago was the miniseries of it, and they didn't have no dancing scenes? <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, like, that's what we all need to remember. Years I'm back of, in the fight, boys. Twenty seven years of no dancing. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, um, in my mind, it goes to it yeah. Goes to Logan. I think Logan wins this one. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have begrudged it anyway. No. Yeah. Um, um, like I said, I knew I could win. Winner. Yeah. So best best because the points mean everything in this. Yeah. That's what we yeah. we've learned the last few years. <laughs> the best moment then of 2017 is the um, Professor X burial slash funeral mm. scene of Logan. Mm. Spoiler alert for Logan, by the way. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. I said that just yeah, before yeah, I, I mentioned it. Although it didn't give enough time for anyone to tune out. It's fine. Never tune out. Um, <laughs> next, shall we just mention um, the very quick one? Most stupid. Um, yeah, the Nerve Award for Stupidest Film of the Year this year goes to X 3 for being the stupidest film this year. Um, Which I haven't seen, but does sound incredibly stupid. Neymar kicks a, um, a towel dispenser at a person. Yeah. Vin and... Diesel rides a motorbike across the water, goes underwater, and his head emerges from the water in slow motion. Where So you can see the whole like oh, warp of water around his head <laughs> that just stays in the same shape. And also, one of the um, companion's discernible skill that helps him in fights is he's a DJ. These it's are all things you need to around. remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. My honourable mention in that category, by the way, was a bye bye man because I did see that and it was very stupid and didn't <laughs> even understand its own rules. <laughs> anyway. Um, which is another reason why life could have won it. La 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 la. Shall we move on to most disappointing or yes. do you want to go biggest surprise next? Uh, we'll do most disappointing and end with biggest surprise. I yeah, think. Okay. then it's positive, negative, positive. Yes, so. yeah, at least we're not ending on a downer. Yeah. Um, who wants to start? I'll start off, shall I? Uh, so I'll do my choice and then I'll do my runner-up afterwards. Okay. Um, so there's been a lot of disappointment this year, I think, in <laughs> cinema. As, as well as we've been sort of pleasantly su- pleasantly surprised by a few things. Um, there have been a couple of occasions where I've just gone... Why have you done this to me? Thanks, everyone. You Why ruined my life. Why have you forsaken me? Um, this year was the turn of Ridley Scott. <laughs> I thought this was where you'd go. Alien Covenant. Wow, what a mess. No thank you, sir. It's The thing is, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that I love Alien and that this was not one of my most anticipated last year purely by virtue of you telling me you may as well go for Kong because everyone knows you're going to choose Alien Covenant. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Alien Covenant turned out to be basically something that got far too close to sort of the start of Alien for me to give a shit about whatever <laughs> happened in it, because I was like, but this is just ruining everything I like about Alien. Yeah. Because the joy of Alien is that there isn't any mythology behind the Alien. And that we didn't see the uh, the origin and the evolutionary cycle of the Alien up until the point that it became, becomes a facehugger. We didn't see that. But now we've got the in-betweeny steps, and we've got reasons for why, and we've got sort of this weird sort of god stuff going on in the mm-hmm. background. And it... It, it basically stinks of Ridley Scott having too many different ideas and not knowing quite how to put them into one film and just going, well, if I do all of them, they will work. <laughs> no, that's not how it happens, I'm afraid. Throw enough shit at the wall. Well, throw enough shit at the wall and you get a two and a half hour film that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> throw enough shit at the wall, you get a shitty wall. Yeah, throw enough shit at the wall, you get Alien Covenant on DVD. <laughs> so, uh, for me, it's it's Alien Covenant just because it... It tramples over the memory of a film that I love dearly. No, you say it gets... To the point where I'm now having to cut myself off and go, well, I'm not going to watch any more Alien films. It gets far too close to that original, Mm. which I think we agree is probably the best. Yeah, Um, and Prometheus did a job of sort of 
creating a sort of separate world almost. It felt like it was only loosely attached mm-hmm. to it. And that's yeah. what I quite liked about they Prometheus. Didn't, yeah, because obviously even in that, even in the end sequence of Prometheus, you don't see a xenomorph. You see something that looks a bit like one. Yeah, yeah. you, but you get that, that weird dog. Yeah. yeah, but it's still like that is one scene and... That's mm-hmm. the the closest you get to it. Apart yeah. from that, it could and the whole thing that it didn't have Alien in the title. Yeah. Like, so for me, Alien Covenant. Yeah. I just and I agree. And like I said, it maybe I wonder if if it was a good film, but still got close to that first film, would we be saying mm. what we're saying? Mm. Probably not. It probably wouldn't. And that's why I think it's disappointing no. more than bad. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, it's not it's not a good film. No. Um. But I don't think it's as bad as some of the bad it's, films. Yeah. It's not and the worst because, film of the year, but it's certainly because of the way. Because you were genuinely excited for it as well. Yeah, like, I was. I thought that maybe they could do something that wasn't that wasn't going to tie in so closely to what we already know. Mm-hmm. And the 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 problem being, when you tie it in, you then lose the mystery of the original. Yeah, and mm. if it's damaging that original film, which yeah. is how did such a high regard, then it is. Yeah, bad. Um, Paul, um, my. Uh, most disappointing of the year is um, the snowman. Okay, okay. I've now got two so, honourable mentions because I just remembered yeah, the snowman came out. But I never so, saw it. What a piece of garbage! I mean, <laughs> the reviews I just never saw. What's it. really interesting is that so far Michael Fassbender is dominating this category. Yeah, he true. really is. Um, no, you, you uh, better have chosen another Fassbender so, film. <laughs> The light between us. That, <laughs> that was last year, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, a film that from the even from the trailers looks like it ha- it showed some serious promise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it could have been this sort of if the, sli- if the film sleek, was the trailer. Yeah, wow. It, it could have been this this sleek, gritty noir detective sort of thriller, yeah. and mm. and you know, obviously there was all this buzz about it beforehand going, oh, it's, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the next girl with the dragon tattoo series. Um, and you know, the biggest thing for me is that in a film where you've got the, the sort of cast that they have got in that film Mm. and yet can, and you know, I don't actually have a particular problem with any of the individual performances. There are some ropey accents um, you don't have a problem with no. Val Kilmer's Yeah, okay, yeah, let's, I forgot he was in it for a minute. Because <laughs> I've got many I've problems, got... and all of them are related to Val <laughs> Kilmer's performance <laughs> in The Snow. Okay, yeah, Val Kilmer's not good, but... Um, no, He's the opposite of what, good, he what, is, what is it, bad? What, uh, what, I'm, what I mean is that, um, you know, I, I, I think that a lot, a lot of the other people, apart from Val Kilmer, are doing the best with what they've got. Um, I'm... Okay, um, I'm willing to listen yeah. to your point. I disagree with one of them. Okay, um, but the film is just such a mess. It is a mess, like structure wise. It's poorly edited. It's, yeah, and one it, of the one it of honestly the, doesn't make sense to me yeah, sometimes. Genuinely, there's 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 subplots in there where you're like, what, what, why was that in there? But the the real kicker for it is that half of the stuff in the trailer doesn't end up yeah. in the end film. Yeah. And, and you've if got you're to, you've selling me... You've got to think that that would have made it a better yeah. film, because that was some of the better stuff in the yeah. trailer. Yeah, and if you're selling me on a trailer for a film, and then you drop half of it, you know, that, and that's that's where the real disappointment comes mm-hmm. from, I guess, because this, it was that, it was buying into the hype of a trailer, but, it you know, it looked genuinely good, and then it's just yeah. the whole, you know, 
when you add the rest of the film onto that trailer and take out the best parts of that trailer mm. that you get the snowman and I did not hear good things about it from either of you so mm. it's bad um, um, uh, just quickly yeah, yeah. The Fassbender is terrible in it. I, oh, it's I, a, it's it's shoddy for Fassbender. I think I, it's I still... think it's really poor from Fassbender, and I don't think even if he was given mm. better material, because I don't yeah, remember, guys. This is the year where Fassbender went off the charts. Yeah, this is true. Oh, yeah. So Creed. if yours is Assassin's Creed, it's not. It's okay. not. We could have had a triumvirate. No, of, uh, I, I just debated changing it to Assassin's Creed just to fit the bill. So yours is okay. So the way I looked at this, I went, "What film was I genuinely excited for?" that I thought could be great and literally just let me down in every avenue. And the only film I could think of was Kingsman 2. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah. I absolutely adore Kingsman. Uh, The first one had this freshness, this originality to it, this kind of turning the idea of James Bond and those spy films on its head and really nailed it. And yes, there's the scene at the end that some people don't like, and I, I get that. But apart from that, as a whole, it really worked. Kingsman 2 was the complete opposite. And the trailers from the start didn't really sell me, but they had enough bit in that done the cheek to go, actually in context, this could really work. Mm. But there is so much wrong in that film that it just completely destroyed my confidence in Mm. this ever getting back. It has an incredible cast that it just wastes every avenue. It has a, we just spoke about this in our review of it. It has one scene in it that is just, unforgivable yeah um and the comedy for me doesn't land the action always feels like it's scrabbling to get back to where it got in the first place that because that church scene in the first one is incredible and every action scene in this film seems to me like them trying desperately to get back to it and you know they're doing these kind of quick cuts but you know yes it's something that they did in the first one but it's almost as though they're trying to make it as frenetic as that scene was mm. and you can't get back to it. Bringing back um, Harry, um, Colin Firth, it makes no real sense. It has no real payoff. It it also completely puts a massive plot hole in everything going forward as well. There was just so much about the film that I just went, I don't understand what this is. Yeah. And above all that, it is so long. Mm. Yeah. So not only are you sitting for a film that is literally breaking my heart as I watch it. It's breaking my heart over a long, <laughs> long time. And I just couldn't get into it at all. I couldn't ever feel that... Like it, The problem with this film is it made me seriously question whether Kingsman 1 is good. And I've not been back to watch that film yet. Um, and I'm scared and to do so. You know, so. When, a, when a sequel is so bad that it, that it makes you doubt why you the liked the first, the first. one... Mm-hmm. You know, that is a real serious problem. And again, you, I, I get what you mean with the trailers not giving you that much faith in the first place. But that's from when I watched the trailers, I was like, well, this looks like they're just trying to now draw in that American audience mm. by going, oh, by putting a lot here's, of Cha- here's Channing yeah. Tatum, here's Halle Berry, here's Jeff Bridges. You know, But then um, you go, oh, but it's two and a half hours, so it can't all just be that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my choice. Um, did anyone have any honourable mentions before we just move yes, on to this? Yes, I have got one particular very strong honourable mention. That, Go for it. That almost almost edged it for first place. Live by Night. Piece of trash. The god awful Ben Affleck gangster film yeah. from literally the start of this like year, the first week of the year. Yeah. And my God, and does it, it feel long ago now? It was. Oh, now. It's written by and directed by Ben Affleck, who you may remember from writing and directing such films as Argo. And not Batman. The Town. (laughs) 
you know, good films, you mm. know, arguably great films. Mm-hmm. And then just to go from those those heights down to down to where Live by Night ended up in a, in a film that makes me makes me ashamed of Brendan Gleeson. You know, there's a problem. True, there's, he is in it. Yeah, it's not good. And oh, it's 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 a the saving grace of that film part. is Chris Cooper. Yes, Chris um, Cooper's performance is great, but um, he's got a lot of work on to save that. Film. Yeah, I but this is the thing: yours might be when when you yeah, when yeah. when you get when you get probably five to seven minutes of screen time from Chris Cooper mm. across a again a long film. I think it was forty. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's felt, a, felt that way. Yeah, and oh god, I just, just remembered how long it is and how just, rubbish it is. <laughs> it was it's really nonsense. bad. I think we caught it on an unlimited screen. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and. I just they remember swindled us that day. I tell yeah. you, <laughs> even for free, <laughs> we still were overpaid. Another one I didn't see because of your guy. Mm. You guys telling me don't mm. even bother. Can I guess one of yours? Yes, Suburbicon. Suburbicon is my only honourable mention. Suburbicon mm. is a piece of trash film, and I don't <laughs> care who knows it. Uh, Suburbicon, basically, uh, you know, I did the review fairly recently, so it'll be fresh in everyone's memory. I'm not going to go into it too much here. It basically just tries to juggle five different things and doesn't really do any of it particularly mm. well. Um, and George Clooney sort of said, oh, well, you know, I found this script by the Coen brothers and then I decided to sort of put this thing in it. No, that didn't work. I'm sorry. It just didn't work. And the parallels you're trying to draw do not exist. Or if they do exist, you don't explore them well enough to justify putting this in at all. So either spend all the time with this crime caper or you spend all this time with this race relations story. You don't do both because you're not doing either very well. The the one bright point is Oscar Isaac, and that's why appearance. I remembered it because of the yeah. magic of Scooby. It's 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 a five minute scene, if that. Yeah, the, you can eat a whole again, cherry pie. In that that's pie. another one where where you get chocolate pie, from from the trailer. You got this. <laughs> Imagine uh, from the trailer of Suburbicon, you got this impression that Oscar Isaacs was going to be a fairly substantial character. Well, yeah, but what they don't tell you is they've shown you fifty percent of his screen yeah, time exactly. in the trailer. <laughs> Um, my only honourable mention is actually Assassin's Creed. Because, yeah. Because I genuinely thought this could be a good film. But you thought that like was before. Yeah, but I, I, like, I, know we, I know we disagree <laughs> yes, we on do. Assassin's Creed. We've had some good disagreements this we, year. I like we have. Um, and basically, I know we disagree, but I genuinely think that film is trash. Um, so, But shall we talk the three that we've got then? Yes. So we have Alien Covenant, yeah. The Snowman... And Kingsman Two: The Golden Circle. Yeah. Um, now I gen. This is what I'm willing to argue. Um, and see, I'm, I have to have to say, I'm sorry. I'm Alex, staying but in I, this. I like... relatively enjoyed Alien Covenant and wasn't disappointed with it. So I don't agree with that point because I think Alien, <laughs> Alien Covenant is bad. And once again, is one that I watched and I went, "This is a mess." Mm. Like I think. More than anything, Alien Covenant is a mess. I think there could have been something there. Yeah. And I think that's why I can't say it's bad, because there, there I mean, is a, a glimmer of something that could have worked. Really, unfortunately, I don't think it's as bad as either of the other two films well, the that thing, you've chosen. The Alien Covenant is um, everyone's an idiot in it. Yeah. Everybody is an idiot. Yeah. And, you know, it has moments in it that I think work. I'll tell you who's not an idiot. James Franco. Because <laughs> he got out of it. The smartest guy possible. in there. And the ending is stupid. It has, like, Alien Covenant has, like, Three twists in it, and you could predict every single one of them from. And it goes on for ages off. as well. Yeah, they're all long so, films. So oh, no, Snowman isn't that. Snowman, long. Snowman is unfortunately mm, feels long. Mm. I cannot comment on the Snowman because I just mm-hmm. haven't seen yeah. it. Um, 
But in my mind, nothing is as damning as what Kingsman 2 did for my enjoyment. Mm. Of the that problem first. with this category, isn't it, is it all depends on how excited the individual gets yes. it for a film. Yeah. Because because I wasn't excited for Kingsman 2, and it was a garbage pile, and I will freely admit that it's a terrible <laughs> film, and that it... What what I did like about the original, it basically shits on. It has none of that. I was excited mm. for The Snowman. I, th- I saw the trailer and I thought, oh, this seems mm-hmm. interesting. I would like to see this. And then I saw it and I went, no, I wish I I'd never see this. seen this. Um, it is interesting, though, because I think of the two of them... Yeah, I suppose that's the way to look at of this. The two of... If you're not going to pick your own, which one would you say? Of the two of them, I think the, the potential was probably greater... With Snowman, I think the but then the Kingsman has the hype of the first one behind it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and sort of uh, you know, as he much even as... has a terrible villain. Like Samuel Jackson is endearing in the first one. In this, Julian Moore is bad in. Oh, oh, well, Alton John. There, that's my winning card. Oh, Alton John, well, and the Joker is played fifteen times, expecting 15 the same times reaction. Too many. Is there um is there a worst moment category? <laughs> no. And can it be all Elton John's moments? Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm going to let you two fight it out for a bit and then I'm going to see which side I choose. Basically, if I was picking one that isn't mine, it would be Alien Covenant yeah. because I've actually seen that film and I was hoping it would be good after speaking to you about it and you yeah. getting excited. Well, this is interesting because the only one out of those two is King. it'd be Kingsman 2 and then out of these two it'd be <laughs> Snowman. So it just goes round in a circle. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I, I would be, as I say, I, I didn't have high, I didn't have the high, high expectations for Covenant that you did, and so I, I wasn't disappointed. Oh, I basically um, draw myself from this race. But, <laughs> I think it's between you two, and I get the deciding vote. I, um, I mean, I, I, I am sticking with the Snowman. I'm hundred percent because it's it bad. I it haven't seen really that. Bad. So. Because I, I but Kingsman's also really it. bad. No. They're both bad films. And I think maybe because Snowman killed Fastbender's career is worse. <laughs> but then again, Taron Egerton's career was just getting started and now he's basically dead in the water. Oh, Robin Hood next year, so that could be good, <laughs> right? It is, no, because I do hate, like, I don't hate the Snowman. Mm. I think it's bad. And I'm really disappointed by it. But you're morally opposed to Kingsman I'm morally 2. opposed to Kingsman 2. Yeah. I was morally opposed to Kingsman 1, or so I thought, until I saw Kingsman 2. So I actually think I might have to sway towards Kingsman I mean, 2 on this that, one. That, that one scene really can oh, swings it. Oh, fucking hell. It's so, it's so egregious. Yeah. Like, it is yeah. bad. And I, I know people have seen it and gone, oh, no, I, I thought it was quite this. And it's like, no, no, it's yeah. just, Because you, you've orchestrated a whole section just to have that moment. Mm. You've not done it as a, oh, wink, nudge, we've done this at the end of a scene. Yeah, it's literally the whole section. The whole MacGuffin is invented purely so they can put this scene in. It's it's Kingsman 2 for me. Point. Yes. Kingsman 2. Most disappointing film of the year. Yes, officially. Mm. Officially, now everyone has to know that. Yes. (laughs) Write it down in the ledgers of time. (laughs) Um, Shall we end on biggest surprise then? Yes. And this part, this section, yeah, yeah. So, before we get to kind of the heavy hitters, um, which is best and worst movie, mm. let's talk biggest surprise of the year. Now, who went first last time doesn't really matter. Do you want to just go I, for it? I mean, yeah, I'll go again. Uh, so 
I've got three choices basically. Mm-hmm. I've got thought sort of three I'd like to mention, and we'll just do honourable mentions and winners now, yeah. rather than going around and going around again. I think. Um, so for me, Ingrid Goes West is up there because I didn't know yes. what to expect from that film going in. Uh, did you see it in the end, Paul? No. You haven't. Okay, uh, well, no, so it wasn't in my cinema. Unfortunately, and Andy is now caught up with it mm. as well. Um, but I, I really loved Ingrid Goes West. I think it's a really strong film, and I didn't know all that much going in other than it was being well talked about from all the festivals it had done. Mm. Uh, it's incredible. It's a really, yeah. uh, really detailed and quite, at times moving and very troubling portrait of sort of 21st century society and the influence at, at which sort of social media has over mm. our lives at the moment and the dangers of that, I suppose. I agree with that choice. Um, so that's that's one of my yeah. honourable mentions. Um and again, Kong Skull Island. You know, even though I said oh, as my as I said my most anticipated last year, you know, it was only in there because I didn't want to choose Alien because everyone yeah. knew I was going to choose Alien. And also, Lucky because, for you. also because you made an audacious yeah. claim that it's going to be better than any in Star fact, Wars movie ever made. And I think if, it is. If you if you had chosen Alien as your most anticipated, I would have given you most disappointed, but you didn't. <laughs> um, so Kong Skull Island for me was really great because it. It did what it did, actually, in a much more grown-up way than I thought it was going to. Yeah. But also without sort of... Uh, it, it understands what conventions it needs to adhere to, and it understands the ones that it can sort of shy away from slightly. Also, the post credit scene of Kong Skull Island could have qualified for my best moment of the year. Really? Oh, of course it could, yeah. Of course it could. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect from this, but I'm really pleasantly surprised. And another, but I did... another beautiful looking film. Yeah, and really well shot. For, um, for the type of film it is, it looks beautiful. Yeah, especially, I mean, the 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 thing that stays in my mind is when they set fire to everything. Mm. Yeah. And the sort of, the, the visual element of seeing Kong incredible, against that, yeah. that sort of, that, that smoky, yeah. orangey sky was just... Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely... Agree. Yeah. Uh, so my winner of this category for me is for uh, the disaster artist. Okay. Um, because mm. going in, I was so terrified it was going to be one thing, and I'd sort of made my mind up that there was no way they would do what I was hoping they'd do mm. with it, and they were definitely going to be all self-congratulatory and sort of, oh, aren't we clever for thinking the room's amazing, really? But it's, you know, it's shit, but it's really amazing, and we're the only ones who really appreciate it. Ha ha ha! We're in on the joke, and no one else is. It wasn't mm. that at all, yeah. and actually, it was a quite a moving portrait of a troubled individual. Mm. Uh, I loved it. I really mm. did, and you know, I didn't expect to come out of that film as enthused as I was about it. Having as much fun. It was a really fun film as well. You know, I, I always thought that there was a potential there to make it funny. Yeah. Because the people involved are inherently funny people, I think. But there was no point where going into it where I thought, they will do what I want them mm. to do. It was a case of going, they're just going to do what I don't want them to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. going to be such a long film because it's just going to be one endless joke of them going, oh, aren't we clever for thinking this is amazing? No, you're not. And all of a sudden, I realised that that's not what they're saying here, and they're they're actually telling a story that I'm really interested in, and telling it really well. Uh, yeah. You know, I think the well, performance has helped, but you, the credit goes to you know them actually adapting that book into something that really works. Yeah, no, I agree with all three. Uh, so for me, it's the disaster artist would be my my yeah. most sort of uh, surprising. No, they, they are all great. Um, 
I'll, I'll go next, yeah. Yeah, because um, you've got to eliminate the ones that you might have chosen <laughs> that I also might have I've choose. got four. One of them is a, a kind of one, just because I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, which was Power Rangers. Okay. Because I thought it was yeah. just going to be a hot mess. But um, the moment that Go-Go Power Rangers theme tune played in that film... I had a little yeah, cry. But everyone knows now that you're the easiest audience to play to because all you have to do is play music from the 90s. <laughs> I mean, there was also a Die Hard quote in there, so I'm sure that didn't hurt. Is there? I, it, there is. He, he goes, it probably is. He go, uh, one of the characters goes, Yippee-ki-yay! Oh, wait, I can't say the next word. That probably happens. Was and it that, good? I probably enjoyed that. Yeah, okay. um, so the, the actual ones that I think are really the biggest surprise for me, two of them fall into a very similar ca- category. Um, which is it, mm-hmm. which I spoke about a little bit earlier. Um, did not expect to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, not the kind of film I go and watch at mm. all. I don't do horror. And this year I did a couple of them. And the second one is Get Out. Um, yeah. They're both horror films. I don't like horror films. I just don't really like being scared in mm. cinema. And they were both incredible for both different reasons, I think. Get Out was more of a kind of psychological um, kind of it really messed with you a little bit, and then yeah. the reveal, the end really worked for me. And like Get Out, I was terrified at the Bloomhouse logo, mm. let alone the film. I was going to walk out at that point, so that got me. It nailed into me straight away. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was funny. Like there were bits that really made me laugh. Um, what really made Get Out for me, though. Um, was I was sat next to a black couple when I was in there. Yes. And the line right at the end, he just turns around to his missus and goes, that's why you never date a white girl. <laughs> and they'd be making these comments all the way through the movie. And it kind of put me a bit at ease, so I wasn't so on edge. Mm. Um, but yeah, the audience for that one is amazing. Um, but it, yeah, I went and watched it on my own, and I had a, a great, great time. But the one that actually wins this for me is because it's the film that at the start of this year... I never thought I would be talking about, which is Jumanji 2. Yeah. yeah. I never thought I would be talking at the end of the year going, Jumanji 2 is actually a great fun ride. And I've spoke to Paul extensively about this film because mm. we've both seen it. And I had so much more fun than I ever thought I would. Yeah. I thought this was going to damage something that I held dear as a kid. I thought there was no need mm. to remake it, but instead they reinvented it. They play with these um, actors that work really well together they get the right people and the right jokes in there at the right times and while it isn't the kind of film that reinve- reinvents the kind of genre or plays with any kind of real new conventions what it does do is it plays with what you know and plays with it well Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jack Black is incredible in it yeah. and I never thought I would be saying this at the end of the year but I am and that's why it has to be my most my biggest surprise because at no point before seeing that film, did I ever think I would like it? Mm. Yeah, well, as Andy knows, that is definitely was definitely one of my content- yeah. uh, contenders because, again, I I I want I was going into that film ready to hate it, and mm. everything from the trailers made me just not look forward to it at all. Um, but then when I came out of the cinema, having had um, two hours, two of the best hours of cinema yeah. uh, of fun in the cinema. That I've had all year, so it, it, that was a very strong contender for me. Um, Get Out was again one of my, one of my other big ones because um, you know even I, I I didn't really have much expectations for it. I knew of the you know I saw yeah. the trailer for it. And I knew it was a Jordan Peele thing, but I didn't really 
think of it, you know, again, I'm not a huge horror fan. Well, I only so saw it, it on the hype more than anything. Yeah. That people were saying it was good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not a huge horror fan, so it just came out of nowhere to kind of to kind of knock it out of the water. Yeah, blow now, Jumanji was going to be my actual choice, <laughs> uh, but I'll go with I'll go with uh, something uh, something else that was was um, in a very very strong contender. Again, it's a it's a film where it, really it, the 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 greatness of it came from the fact that I just did not expect it to go anywhere as well stick in my mind for as long as it mm-hmm. has and i might be you know again not not i doubt many other people that saw it are going to have the same opinion of it um but it's colossal okay. um so a, a film from about april yeah april may, may time april, may, yeah. um starring anne hathaway and jason sudeikis mm. um where effectively um J- uh, Anne Hathaway learns that she, um, or Anne Hathaway's character, learns that she is, when she's in a certain place in her hometown, um, a giant creature appears in Japan and does exactly (laughs) what she's doing, which is a fucking ridiculous premise for a film. But what it what it does is it's a film that 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 becomes an allegory for sort of uh, domestic abuse and and sort of emotional torture. and it does it surprisingly well, and that's the side of it. I did not know that they were, you know, I did not expect it to touch yeah, upon yeah. those things. I just thought it was just going to be this, like, comedy. Weird, Effectively, comedy. I thought it was going to be a, like a comedy film that yeah. just, but it has some really nice, um, moving undertones where you re and you really sort of get to feel for her character. Mm. Um, and it's it, the just the stuff between Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis in that film is great. Yeah, uh, they play off against each other really well, and it was just f- from lack of expectations that I just went in and just came out of it going, "Wow, yeah." yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's 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 not it's not the best film of the year by any stretch of the imagination. It's 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 I think it's a solidly good film. Um, but you know, it's not. It's not. It was never in my content. Not not even my, in my top twenty for yeah. the year. But it's but just that's exactly yeah. why we have this category because yeah. they're films that really we wouldn't expect anything from, but actually yeah. turn out mm. to be better than you know. And that's why we also have most disappointing. They're the films we did expect something from, but let us down. This is completely the opposite. And this is why we don't really have an, a kind of argued winner on this this category. It's just nice think, to get an idea of what surprised. And, oh, does so this one not have a winner? No, it's no. Not... Um, if anything, it's you get six films to watch maybe yeah. to go away yeah. and go okay maybe I'll give these a go yeah um, and certainly you know, two of those films are Jumanji, well, Jumanji. From, <laughs> well, from your from your reviews uh, from both of your reviews of Jumanji to Manji uh, uh, or give, Jumanji to Jumanji Harder uh, yes, like to or it. Jumanji to give it its proper name because Jumanji it seems, to it seems to the deserves the yeah. respect Jumanji 2 Welcome to the Jungle uh, it seems like um you know, I, I will go and see that film probably either tomorrow or Friday now. Uh, I appreciate to a podcast listener that means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> today is not for Wednesday necessarily to them. Uh, but I will be going to watch it this week because I just think the amount of positive feedback I've been getting from both of you about the fact... And again, it's a film we were shitting on earlier yeah. in the year going... We were shitting on no it way. within days up to the release. If we were shitting on it, yeah, from right. from this time last year, looking ahead to 2017, uh, 
right through I mean, to the day of release. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, mocked you. me for going yeah. to watch it. Yeah. To, to be honest, including me, I was mocking <laughs> myself. To be honest, when I went to see it, I was in a really um, like down mood, and I really wanted to hate watch something. Mm. So yeah. literally, I was shitting on it, literally banking on it being shit well, for, must, for my mood. I must and then I just came it. out, and it like I had an awful day, and I just came out, and I was just like, wow, everything's good again. Like, I yeah. almost didn't go into it. I was almost like, actually, can I be bothered to go in and watch this now if I know I'm not going to enjoy it? And I think that's really kind of the purpose behind me mm. going, even these films that I'm not so sure on, I do need to go and, go and give a chance to. And, you know, I might be right in my assertions to be like, that is terrible. But at yeah. the same time, there are films out there, like all the films we mentioned, because all three that you mentioned there, I think are all great films. Mm, yeah. Um, and the only one I've not seen is Colossal, yeah. um, which I've it been meaning really to fun. try and catch yeah. up with after... And you're, you're, you're right in that it's... It could have easily just been this weird sort of kooky comedy thing mm. that had a weird premise. Uh, but I think uh, the director, Nacho Vigalondo, I think it was who directed yes. it. He's, he's got a real sensibility for being able to sort of pick an interesting story... And it is a really interesting story behind, like, the, the stuff that is going on with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis' character, other than the monster stuff, yeah. is really interesting on its own, and would have made an interesting enough film on its own. But then to tie that in with the monster stuff... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the weird Exactly. Bit. And that's the, the, you know, you get... Because the way... the I mean, I think the, the reason for me that it's so good is that... Um, and pays off so well, is that you... You very much start that movie going, oh, it's this weird comedic monster movie. Mm. And it's not until that turn in it, that a turning point in it, where it really then hits you as yeah. like, this is what he's trying to say. Yeah. You know, this is what the director's trying to get at. Yeah. Um, and, no, and once again, it's one of those that I think I am mm. going to try and catch up on. Yeah. Well, so where are we at the moment? So we have our best, best moment of the year is. Logan uh, burying Professor X. Um, yeah. Our most disappointing film of the year is... Kings, Kings, uh, Kingsman 2. 2. There yeah, we are. I was going to say, whatever else you chose. And I was like, no, I know um, what it is. The most stupid film of the year. The, the Nerve Award. The Nerve Award for the stupidest film, film of the year. year goes to Triple X Free. And most... biggest surprise, you have a plethora of films. Yeah, you've got options mm. there. Okay, so that's where we stand at the moment. Let's go into the big two. And uh, the... The biggest categories. We're going to start with best movie. These are the ones there. that everyone wants to take home at the end of the night. Well, not the second one. No one wants <laughs> But someone movie. has to take it. Um, yeah, so this best best film and worst film. We'll start with best. We'll end in the positive fashion. So yeah. we'll start with best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll let our anger see us to the end of the podcast. Alex, so you're going to start this. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to start off. Uh, it's it's been a long battle this one, <laughs> and it, again, it's that thing. 2017 was a really great year for film yeah. and there have been some outstanding films that haven't even like I was trying to compile my top 10 for a for a long time like you know just after Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. came out I compiled a sort of top 11 because I couldn't whittle down to a top 10 and then even since then I've seen things that have pushed those things out of my top yeah. 10 so I'm now at a point where I'm like well my top 10 is no longer the top 10 that it was a month ago mm-hmm. a month ago which is insane at the end of the year but I think I've got my winner. And it was a long and hard-fought battle, but it's come in at the 11th hour to steal it, the Florida Project. Okay. I I, I, I reviewed it on the podcast very recently. It would have been uh, November time, I think. 
words cannot express exactly how great this film is, I don't think. Uh, There's another film that is very close second, Mm -hmm. and I have a feeling we'll be getting mentioned at a later point during this argument. But The Florida Project is a beautiful film. Um, So, if you haven't seen it, it's basically about America's secret sort of... Well, not America's, but certainly um, Orlando's secret homeless problem. So basically there's a lot of people who are um sort of out of out of homes for whatever reasons and they stay in these low rent motels long term but temporarily. Mm-hmm. It has to be temporarily so they've got to check out eventually but then they can check out and spend a day at another motel across the street and then they can come back and move all their stuff back upstairs to the to the room they've been in. So it's sort of all above board kind of. Um the Florida Project's a really beautiful film. Um, it's about a lot of different things. It's, as much as it's sort of a social commentary, it's also a film about family. It's also a film mm-hmm. about childhood. It's also a film about growing up. It's also a film about disparity in wealth. It's mm-hmm. a film about a ton of different stuff. There are really terrific performances, particularly... Um, most importantly from the child actors in it um they are really incredible um and then some wonderful supporting performances as well including Willem Dafoe uh as the motel manager who puts in one of the I think it's really it's a really complex portrayal that he's going for and I think he gets it bang on right um it's walking a fine line between being a father figure but also not getting close so that you know when inevitably you're going to have to break bad news to people and say, you know, you you know, you know, haven't paid your rent this month or whatever, you can still be able to do that without being too attached to it. Yeah. I, I think it's a terrific performance and I think it's a terrific film. It's shot um, with a sense of knowing that you're always, you know, you're, you're within this world of these motels, these brightly coloured sort of pastel coloured motels, but just over the ridge is where all the real wealth is, you know, you know, so these places are built to look like castles and future lands and things like that. But of course you look at them and you go, well, it's just, it's just some sort of pebble dash thing that's been Mm. painted purple. That's it's not luxury, but to these kids, it can, you know, these places can be anything. Um, I I cannot really say how much I love this film. Right, it, live, these kind of motels they live in the shadow of the big. Park you're, yeah, you're right. Over. Like you're right down the road from the from the big park. So there's there's scenes in the film where they will go out and watch the firework displays from um, Disneyland, and they're watching it as outsiders, knowing that that's not a world that's made for them at this point yeah. in time. It's. Honestly, it's it's a really beautiful film. It's got terrific performances. I I, I can't the the one the one criticism it has leveled against it quite often is that oh these characters aren't likable because a lot of the time they're misbehaving or a lot of the time they're being bad role models or whatever. But actually, that's part of their charm. You know, there are there are performances in it where. There are people who are stretched to the limits of what they can financially provide for their family. And watching, you know, you know me, I love a cinema cry. <laughs> I cried almost endlessly throughout this film. 
but it differed between being tears of sorrow and tears of joy. You know, mm. there, there were mm. there were really uplifting moments in there alongside some really troubling stuff. I I honestly cannot recommend this film enough, and it's getting awards recognition at the moment, and it's it's rightly deserving of it. And I really think that it's a terrific film. Paul, what have you got for us? Uh, well, I'm quite thrown actually because I was a hundred, almost hundred percent sure that you were about to take my pick, and yeah. I've not seen Florida Project, so I've. Um, mm. uh, it does sound great though, but um, my 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 pick for the year is Raw. I'm so glad. Um, I'm so <laughs> so glad you're related to me. <laughs> um, so uh, this for, is why we're not related. I've seen neither of these films so far. Uh, for people that don't know, um, Raw is a um, French film that um, I believe hit festivals and stuff last year, uh, uh, in uh, late 2016. Yeah, I think it got a limited US release last year because it yeah. was eligible for Best Foreign Language Film. Yeah, um, but it came out here on a, again, lim- fairly ri- limited release, um, March. March. Yeah. Um, so, you know, very, very early on in the year, and... Considering by that point in time, I had seen Moonlight, and this is this then just completely sort of knocked Moonlight out of it for me. Yeah. Um, it is is a testament to just how good Raw is because I mean I'll I'll touch upon Moonlight more later, um, but yeah, it's it, it's a really sort of moving coming of age story. Uh, set within a um, French vet school. Um, And it's got some interesting themes that it explores. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the sort of big plot points because it's one of those films that is, um, you know, the imagery is very visceral, uh, shocking at times. and, And at some points you do feel uncomfortable watching this film. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, for every moment where you feel uncomfortable, there is another moment in that film where where you feel the joy of, of, of you going back to that time when you were discovering those things. And mm. and uh, you it, it's really relatable in, in that sense. Um, what I think is, is, is uh, you know, the... the Again, a huge, huge testament to it is that um, I don't particularly enjoy watching foreign language films mm. very often. Mm. I, you know, at the end, when you're having to read all the dialogue from subtitles as well as try and focus on the film, um, but this is a hundred percent a film that makes it work, and and you are still, even despite having to read your way through every all the dialogue. Um, you were still a hundred percent absorbed into that that story that is unfolding before your eyes. Um, but yeah, there's some 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 really sort of um, powerful shots in that film that really stick with you, and the, the you know the cent- the central character especially, but all of all of the supporting cast as well are just so well developed as characters, and they have this nice progression through the film. Um, where you, it, it it just it feels whilst it, it looks at things that are very very uh, very fa- far from reality, mm. it still manages to feel real all the way through. Mm. All of the characters, you know, you 
you will watch this film and you'll go, I know someone who is that person. You know, obviously without some some elements of it. But um, yeah, no, it's just, it blew me away totally. I it's And it's it's the one film that I've, throughout the year, and I'll go on to the honourable mentions later, but throughout the year there have been other films that at the time, you know, at the time of seeing them, I've gone, yeah, that's my, that's my best film of the year. Mm. But then it's always come back when I've been thinking about it, just going, but it's not raw. So I had I had to give it to it. It's yeah. it's it just it's the one that sustained with me. And I suppose one Hudson brother had to choose a foreign language film. <laughs> yeah. year, Andy, what's your pick? I'm having genuine trouble. Okay, there are, there are two that are literally pretty much neck and neck. I think I know which way I'm going to go. We'll go with your gut. So I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with the gut, which is Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, Dunkirk was a film I was very excited for. I love Christopher Nolan. Um, I love war movies. And this marries the two. What I didn't expect is the cinema-going experience I had. So Dunkirk is the story of what they call the Battle of Dunkirk, which was actually the Great Retreat of Dunkirk. It's mm. you know one of history's greatest retreats uh, where, what was it, 30,000 soldiers are stranded on a beach. Uh, 300,000. I'm underplaying how big it is. Yeah. Um, and they thought they could get... 30,000 yeah. home, I think. Yeah, the, a fraction. They wanted 30,000 back. Yeah. Basically, every time they took boats to the shore, they were bombed, It went, um, and they mm. couldn't get the men home. And they basically got pretty much every single person home. And you know, that's not a spoiler, that's history. Um, <laughs> Spoilers for history. <laughs> but what Dunkirk is, is it's incredibly well made. It's not only um, greatly directed... The sound is basically a character in itself. Yeah. Um, there is a score going all the way through, done by Hans Zimmer, where there is a moment where the score breaks, and you realise that's the first moment of silence you've heard in the film, and that's right near the end. Mm. And that completely took my breath away because I watched this in IMAX, and it deserved to be seen in IMAX. Mm. And I couldn't get over how powerful this film was. Uh, it was the similar effect I had when I watched that D-Day landing in Same Private Ryan. And that scene was like so powerful. Mm. This film was that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's incredible performances without much dialogue from the characters. You know, yeah. you've got incredible performance. Tom Hardy acts purely with his eyes. Yeah. Um, in this film, and at one point with one eye. Yeah, yeah. And basically, what this film was was there were a few films that I thought were beautiful or amazing. But this film had everything. I thought it was the perfect film. It is constructed in such a way that I go, that's what cinema's supposed to make you feel. You're supposed to come out of it and just be blown away. Yeah. And I don't think any film has done that to me as much as this has. Where I came out and every so, every time I think of it, I go, wow, I'm glad that I was alive to experience yeah. this. Mm. I'm glad that somebody went out of their way to make a film that... I think is quite a a personal story to ourselves as well. You know, being being British, it's a very British story, but it's one that can translate across boundaries because it is a story of hope and survival and trying just trying to get home. And it's a film where you know there's somebody like Harry Styles in it, who is an incredibly famous person who I don't even register when he's on screen. Oh, that's the guy from One Direction. Mm. You know, it, it everything just becomes part of this tapestry that has been woven. Yeah. 
and it, the way it plays with time. Well, the structure um, is yeah. the is that's the part of that film that really stood out to me. Yeah, that's exactly. What stayed so with it, me. It's the, the fact story that it's done over structure. a week, over a day, and over an hour. Yeah, and you've got um, it kind of interweaving yeah. with itself, and you're seeing things at some points that you don't realize are actually what you're going to see later on, and that's mm. how that picks up. And when you appreciate that for what it is, and you appreciate the way that it's filmed the way that it sounds, the way that it's edited together, it becomes pretty much, for me, a perfect piece of cinema. And like I said, it's one that I'm so happy to have seen and I'm so happy it paid off because I I love Christopher Nolan and what he does. And like I said, it's in a genre that I, want, that I really enjoy. It was always going to get bonus points, but it doesn't always mean that it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And this was just incredible to watch. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm going Dunkirk. Yeah, uh, I mean it's an almost perfectly crafted film, isn't it? That's that's the that's the thing with it. Like, yeah. you're right with the with the performances with very little dialogue as well. Um, because, I mean, I, w- I was especially blown away by Killian uh, Murphy's performance mm-hmm. in that film. Uh, and something that I do think is important to mention is that throughout the different characters that you spend you spend time with in this film, they all show different aspects of what war can do mm-hmm. to people. And the moment at the end is beautiful because yeah. these these people saw themselves as failures. Mm. They they thought we got ourselves trapped on the beach and we are failures. And when you see them go home mm. and you see the reaction they get, it's it's beautiful and like it's not the closest I've come to crying in the cinema this year, but it got me very emotional because the closest mm. I came to crying was a monster calls. That's still mm. probably the closest I've come to being full blown tears, mm. um, but no, it's it's probably the one that left me most emotional. Um, and you know, I I've got a my great grandfather fought in the war. We used to have his medals, and every time we went to school, we'd take his medals. And it kind of it took me back again to that moment of these are the kind of things and challenges that somebody I know would have been. Yeah, and it played to me on that personal level as well. But more mm. than anything, as a fan of cinema, I think. That's what it achieved. Shall we talk honourable mentions first? Yeah, And sure. then we'll go. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a couple. Uh, first of all, um, well, first of all was Raw, basically, but I'm sure we'll get <laughs> was that, to that. Was, out of interest, was that, that your was number other, that, two? That, yeah, okay. that, that's, that has held the title of best film until about three weeks ago. Was what I thought you were going to go with. If not, then I thought it would have been Moonlight. Uh, weirdly, no. Moonlight had been pushed down the pecking order by a bunch of films at the moment. Um, and the ones I want to actually just mention briefly are It Comes at Night, um, which came out in the summer and did what I what I like all good horror films to do, which is be more than just a horror film, mm-hmm. be something else entirely. And it's what Raw does really well, because Raw isn't just a horror film. It's a coming-of-age film which has horror elements in it. And it's very hard to sort of identify what it actually is. It Comes at Night is a horror film that also has this sort of claustrophobic idea of, you know, what what a family has to do to survive and sort of the the what what a what a situation can bring out in people. Um and it was really powerful. Um and featured some really, really terrific performances, I think. And the trailer completely sells it as something it isn't. Mm-hmm. And that was the one big criticism it had levelled against it when it did come out. And actually, I was so glad that it wasn't 
just what the trailer mm. thought, sort of made out that it was. Um, or at least it wasn't what the, the feel of the trailer was. And from what I hear, another example of just how good Joel Edgerton can be. Yeah, I mean, Joel Edgerton's mm. terrific in it. Mm. The, the the entire unit as a, as a group, they are very, very good. Um, and it has... I think it's got the honour of sort of giving me, in terms of a horror film this year, I think it's the most effective I've seen in terms of actually making me feel that sense of impending dread pretty much constantly. Mm. Um, The other special mention I'll do, um, it was one that had a lot of, uh, it had a lot of sort of stuff riding on it. Blade Runner 2049. Mm. It's my second. That's that's the one that almost won it. Really? genuinely because it is beautiful blade runner 2049 is an incredible film Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that denny villeneuve decided to do it because he didn't want anyone else to fuck it up because let me tell you now denny you did not fuck this up it's incredible Mm -hmm. it's everything you know from the top down to the bottom the film is constructed beautifully it's shot beautifully it's scored magnificently yeah um and again, it's it's an example of Denis Villeneuve getting spectacle into his films, but also maintaining human stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about this with Arrival last year, which again, mm-hmm. Paul, I know you weren't a fan of, mm-hmm. but it has that idea of spectacle mixed with very small, close personal stories yes. that yeah. affect people on a human level. And I think 2049 had the potential to go so wrong yeah. if it was done badly. Well, I have to say with 2049, because again, that was one of the ones very high up for mine. Right. um, Is that, especially, you know, I I did not particularly enjoy Arrival too much, Mm. but the problem I had with Arrival was more to do with the storytelling. I Mm -hmm. did not, and there was an element of it, which I won't get into because we're not talking about that. Um, Paul's still wrong. (laughs) But um, 2049 was 100% exactly what yeah. it deserved to be yeah. like i said uh, and and it was it was everything all the all the greatest elements that i did enjoy out of arrival were in there as well as more greatness you know and gosling at the center yeah. of that is he was the perfect choice to and the story to tell in that film is magnificent yeah, it's really like great. i said Going into when I just said Doug Kirk, I didn't know which one I was going to say. Mm. I had a I had a full Alex Hudson moment because you know as well as I do. Blade Runner twenty four nine. You came out going, "This is perfect." Basically. Yeah, I still and believe I said, it's one of the most perfect. And I I've said, I have year. issues with it, but when I think about it, the issues I have with it are so petty that it's almost as though I'm searching for problems, mm-hmm. um, while everything else around it is magnificent. The like you said. The scoring of it is beautiful. The stories, the acting, like the performances in it are amazing. Um, some of the shots in that film are absolutely incredible. Like the whole Vegas stuff. I think I've already spoken about this, yeah. but the whole Vegas stuff is absolutely beautiful. Like the first time he arrives in that city is absolutely mesmerizing. Well, it's even amazing that the San Diego stuff, you know, mm. the dump, the San Diego stuff, is still beautiful despite yeah. it being a trash heap, and it's so well shot that you just think, "I I truly believe that this San Diego exists." Yes, and and you, you just look at it and you think, 
how difficult is it to build this world? And it's that thing that sci-fi can do at the very best of times. And when sci-fi is great, it's really, really great. And when sci-fi is bad, it's awful, right? Um, this is an example of you just going, no, I 100% believe in this world. Yeah. And obviously it helps that that world's already been established previously, but Denis Villeneuve takes it to a place where you didn't expect it to necessarily go, I don't think. My thing is, it is it is long. It's two hours, 40 minutes. And I know you think it fully justifies that. I think it's a tad too long. But at the same time, I'm happy to sit through that if that's what I get to enjoy. Mm. And the actors that I didn't know are the ones probably that I enjoyed the most. Yes. Um, or the ones that I haven't seen much of are probably the ones I enjoyed the most. Well, this is what the I great want to touch upon anyway. Um, there's... Um, I'm struggling to remember the actress's name. Uh, who plays Joy? No, no. Joy's the uh, the like computer general. Yeah. No, not no. The um, prostitute. Oh, that one. Oh, she's uh, in Black Mirror. Yeah, she's in that. Right. She's in the uh, San Jupiter episode yeah. of Black Mirror. Yeah, um, and she's someone who that is all I'd seen her in before. Right, and then to see her and how sh- her what I initially thought was a sort of throwaway moment when you first see her and how you see Mm -hmm. how her role impacts the film, even the little touches like that. Mm. The moment for me in 2049 that, you know, as you say, everything with it all looking beautiful and especially the San Diego stuff. Now in the San Diego stuff, you go from that, that, um, that imagery of, of, of how awful it all looks around it and all the, you know, there's these mountains of, of literal, garbage to then having that scene in the orphanage mm. um was a real like contrasting moment yeah um and that was the real moment in it where it sort of like it i, I was my breath was taken away in that 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 sort of change from going to this desolate world where uh people were just violent to then going inside and just seeing literally mm-hmm. like a sea of kids mm. And the last thing I'm really saying it is it, it's amazing that a film affected me that much when I only really watched the original and didn't really get into the original when I watched it earlier this year. Yeah. This this film has made me appreciate that film so much more. It did the complete opposite to what Kingsman did. Yeah. Um, yeah. By watching this film, it made me appreciate the first one more. And I think this is better of the two just because I think it, it's fresher in my mind and, you know, it's, it is that kind of film. But I, yeah... Yeah. I absolutely adored it. Yeah. Um, Have you got any more I've got, I've got honorable of, mentions? I've got a couple um, of honorable ones. I'll quickly say yeah. Logan because, uh, as, well, as yeah, we spoke at take length, it as read that Logan go, is go, terrific. Go watch it, go listen to our podcast on it. It's a phenomenal film, probably the best superhero film made of all time. Don't give a shit what you say, it genuinely is. It's it's beautiful. Um, what was the other honorable mention I had? Oh, and La La Land, because I still absolutely adore that film, and I think Shazal did an incredible job. Unfortunately, as the year has gone on, it just doesn't stack up along, yeah. along some of these others. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I agree with La La Land. You know, I had a lot of fun during La La Land, yeah. so that was great. Um, glad that Gosling's got two, two, like, um, two honourable mm. mentions this year. Uh, Take that fast bender. <laughs> yeah, he got honourable mentions of a yeah. different kind. <laughs> Dishonourable, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I touched upon it earlier when I was talking about Raw. In Moonlight is one of my, um, you know, one of my uh, runners-up kind of thing. Um, I really enjoyed Moonlight. I thought it told um, a very interesting and very, very important story mm-hmm. and something that. 
um, something that is also, you know, a lot of films now are trying to tell that story because of what's been happening over the last five years, mm-hmm. yeah. um, both in Hollywood and I'd say America uh, and the world as a whole, I guess. Um, and this is the film that really gets it right. And it, it tells it in a way that, you know, the structure of the film itself, because um, I believe it's adapted from a play. Yeah. Um, and it has that play structure to it, mm-hmm. which when you see those films that get adapted from that, that's, you know, from stage to, to cinema, often that falls apart. Um, but it really works for this film. Um, and what what they managed to do by telling the story of this character is is just incredible. Um, I think it's also benefit, benefited from the fact that um, with the exception of uh, two of the supporting actors, I didn't actually know any, any of the of actors, mm-hmm. any of the other actors. Now, the two supporting roles um, the, of, of, of the, the mother and... Not father, but father figure. Father figure. <laughs> yeah. Um. In this in this film are incredible, but it's it's the um it's the three the three uh, actors that play this 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 young man growing up that mm-hmm. just sell it and just t- t- tell more than you know. It's just it's 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 a masterpiece. It really is. Uh, it's very well crafted, and there's it, in fact it's it is the the. I, I think I mentioned that I shed a tear during Logan when, when there's the burial, but this is the other film that had me crying yeah. in the cinema because there's some real moments in it where it's just fucking throw a rock in your face yeah. and make me cry. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I'll, the I'll, other, the I won't other... get into Moonlight now because we've yeah. been, we've, we've, been over the, we've been over this yeah. before. Um, um, I've got very. I didn't have that. Yeah. Feeling. No, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of Moon. Like, not not really. I can mm. understand it's a good yeah. film, uh, but it just. Mm. I, I feel I must have missed something yeah. in that film because it definitely didn't do for me what it didn't mm. suit apparently 100% of the rest of the audience. You're that 1% on Rotten Tomorrow yeah. as they marked it down. I, uh, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. No, I, I've got um, two other things to mention sort of in a briefer capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which that you've met, we've mentioned in a couple of, well, in another category earlier, uh, Trainspot 2. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Very well-made film. Um, it's... And, Bloody hell! Most of my bloody choices are from like start, start yeah. of the year, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Train Spotting Two was a f- fantastic film, very, very well rounded. Yeah. Uh, performances all round were phenomenal. Um, you know the new the new cast they brought in to complete this film was was uh, were mm-hmm. incredible, and the sort of nostalgic element of of of, of getting to see the conti- where these characters were twenty years later with the contrast of. Spud being in the exact same place, and and uh, you know yeah. Renton being in a completely different. It place. is it is magnificent. Like I said, the, yeah. my problem with Transporter Two is I just keep forgetting about it. Yeah, but every time I remember it, I remember yeah. how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it is you're right with the the pub scene as well with mm. the the No More Catholics Left song is possibly the the funniest moment I've had in the cinema this year. Um, but no, just quickly as well, I want to mention it. It's not by any means the best made film of the year. It's not by any means um, even close to that. Um, and it has since been tarnished, slight, well, significantly. Um, oh, I know. But I had a lot of fun watching Baby Driver. Yeah, it's great. 
It's, that, it's, it is great film. It, that is the most fun I've had in the cinema all year round. You know, we mentioned with Jumanji how that was a lot of fun, but this was this was genuinely, you know, I, there was there was nothing of that film that I did not enjoy, um, and you know, you 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 get this well crafted. Uh, sound throughout it which in you know I, I yeah I get what you're saying with Dunkirk with the sound being a character and mm-hmm. and that does it in a more serious manner whereas having the you know having the choreography that they had in Baby Driver where they match up bullets as you said yeah and it's very similar to yeah. how with the John Wick 2 bit but um, where the you know they're matching up the sound of bullets uh, to beats in songs, it's, it's that's all, of yeah, and that's all throughout it. Any time, any time you've got people shooting weapons, there is music that matches it behind mm-hmm. it. Um, no, it's and, great. And John Hamm is fantastic in it. It's really, and I am just so it, it, happy it to finally see that. him getting getting a nicer well. A sl- different role to yeah. what he's done before, and I think of Baby Driver is it is great, and I hope that it isn't tarnished by the act. Let's say the, the actors of Kevin Spacey. Like, yeah, let's hope that doesn't tarnish it and people still watch the film because it is still a great film. Yeah, it would be a shame um, that that was uh, that was an off-putting thing. Yeah, and it dropped off the radar because of that. Um, okay, let's talk then the three we've got. Okay. So we've got the Florida Project, we've got Raw. And I'm going to pull the old Alex Hudson switcheroo and I'm actually going to go Blade Runner from 2014. Oh my god. Oh my god. He's gone heel. I'm sorry. Oh no. But speaking about it then made me go, actually, yes. Uh, Because I do do love Dunkirk and I do think it's Mm. incredible. But speaking about it just then, I actually do think that I'm going to go Blade Runner. So we've got... And I'm doing the old Hudson Hudson switcheroo. I'm going chips. (laughs) Seriously, though. Seriously, though. Florida Project is perfect. Chips. Just like, Dak Shepard made me cry in that film with just how much he hates people who are different to him. Uh... See, now, now, Andy, you've presented a big problem now because I know I've not seen The Florida Project. I've not seen So either. I can't, by heart, agree with The Florida Project. And I know that you are not going to budge from 2049. Well, and convince me why The Florida Project is the best film of the year then. Because right. because this, once again, this is the I'm part not, of the this yeah. is the part of the year I dread the most. I've not seen either of your films. Oh god, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I I need you've, to you've know, heard enough about them from me. Yeah, I can tell I, you that so, much. So I need to know why All right. yours your films that I've not seen are better than the one that I have. Okay. Well, Blade Runner twenty four nine is a piece of shit. We all know that. We all agreed <laughs> on that a minute ago, right? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. So the Florida Project for me is the the reason that I've chosen it. And believe me, it was tough between this and mm. Raw because Raw really had me for a long, long time and I think it is a beautifully told story. And the fact that it's her directorial debut is insane. Okay, I didn't even know that bit. Yeah, it's Julia DeCornau's yeah. directorial debut and she is clearly someone to watch. Yeah. Um, look, the, the Florida Project... Sorry, the Raw alarm's just gone off. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Florida Project for me is a perfect film in the sense that a film for me should be able to give you characters who aren't perfect and who you do hate at times mm-hmm. and you sort of despise the behaviour of and yet you still find yourself rooting for them. They are underdogs in, in the truest sense of the word. You know, They are very much um, uh, a disenfranchised minority and it's something that I've never paid any thought to, that this that this population even exists in the first place. Okay. And this film has done a really good job. 
they cast from non-traditional casting sources. So a couple of the roles were filled through traditional means. Mm -hmm. But there's a load of it where they were uh, Instagram casting and stuff like that. Like people would send in um, applications via Insta videos and things like that. So they're people from the local area around Orlando. He's he's come in and he's telling this story about them and they're able to voice that story. They're able to contribute. And does it add weight to that? For me, it does. I mean, the thing is, when you're watching it, I didn't know this going into mm-hmm. it, but of course, when you come out, you start researching the film you've just seen. You start sort of yeah. devouring all the information you can find on it. And that's something that I found from from that research. But going into it, you don't know anything about it. And every single performance in this feels real. There's not a single moment that feels manufactured or fake or dramatised for any particular reason. Mm-hmm. Everything has its place. And everything feels very organic. And there are character relationships that you see build up and break down within the film. Due to the actions of certain characters. It's very difficult to watch a film where that happens and not feel something on an emotional level, I think, particularly when you you are made to care about, particularly the kids, because okay. they are our central focus in this world. And so much of the film is seen through their eyes. But you also get that juxtaposed by having the people who are responsible for them also being put into situations where their lives are much more difficult than they need them to be. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're not able to fulfill the role or perform the role that they should be performing. Okay. Same question to you, Paul, but the other way, like the other way around. Why? Cause I've never seen raw. Why is raw the best? Uh, I think I've just decided the Florida project is from that. <laughs> that was a, that was a convincing. Well, cause my next question was going to be, why is yours better than raw? Right, okay. Yeah. Because oh I, my God. because you've yeah. seen both. You so. know the impossible exactly. question. Yeah. Well, exactly. Cause no, you've seen, you've seen okay. both. So I need convincing okay. of one way or the other. Well, because Paul, you, is, you go I mean, ahead and the thing is, you argue raw. Cause I, I would like to hear this cause I do love this film. No, it, it's the, the, I mean, one of the main things for me, obviously I, something that I, I tend to appreciate more than uh, most other aspects within a film is scripts okay. the script writing itself um and this is what you know obviously alex mentioned earlier about it being there being it being this horror film but well having horror elements but telling a very real story mm-hmm. and that that's i mean that is the main selling point of it for me in the in i mean I, the premise is fairly well known so there there is like some forms of like cannibalism are explored in this film um and the fact that you've got this stuff going on which is something that you you know happens in places in the world but has it happen in this developed western mm-hmm. pe- youth basically of um the of you know someone who comes from money uh you know they they're going to like the best vet school in the country um, you know, it's it's something that is obviously not even something that you would think would happen, uh, and the fact that the, the script still makes it all feel real. So, so you can be watching a scene where she's looking at a boy across the room that she that that she she's she fancies basically, and then starts talking to him, and the dialogue in that scene feels equally as real 
as the dialogue in a scene where she's discussing her cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And that is something that it just really appealed to me. It drew me in. Um, you know, I, li- I like dark tones in uh, when they're well explored in films anyway. Yeah. And this is the one that, that just it's kind of... Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I said, you know, the script writing is, 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 is one of the main points. But this is in the same way that 2049 blew me away visually. And that's what how 2049 was really still far up there for mm-hmm. me. Raw does that on a very different scale in that there's just that instead of having these these sweeping landscapes where you've got just just the sort of color palettes just yeah. all perfectly matching, you get a you get a shot of a dead cow, or you know, or of literally blood coming out of someone's mouth. Um, you know, there's 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 a scene with. Um, with a, a a decapitated finger, decapitated. Yeah. Does that mean does that mean head taken off? Uh, dismembered, finger. dismembered finger, dismembered yeah. finger. Um, and it's these images that that probably would make you feel well, sick, this Andy. Is, well, this is the thing. Um, like, I've had the chance to watch yeah. Raw so much this year because yeah. obviously you brought it, hmm. and the only reason I haven't is because I. The way I watched yeah. the, the thing is, uh, like that thing the first time I reviewed when I reviewed it on the podcast, said, I basically yeah. ended up saying to you. I think I know. I think I know that you'll never watch this film because of how yeah. visceral it yeah. is. But this and is, it is a visceral film. It may genuinely. I was for those those moments in the in the cinema. I felt like throwing up. Mm. Like it was genuinely that 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 powerful image. I've never seen this film, unfortunately. Mm. That's that's true. The thing is, I have nothing more to say on mm-hmm. mine because we've already discussed that yeah. in depth. And you know it, it. It benefits from the fact it's one we've all seen, um, but really, like when it comes to it, I'm always willing to kind of shine light on an underdog. Mm. And the one that, out like, the two of them that, that is more beneficial to me is the Florida Project yeah. because yeah. it's the one I'd probably I'd probably see yeah. and, and I'd go to, and see and afterwards. To and to as much honest, as I think Blade Runner twenty four nine is a almost perfect movie, at the same time. When we do this, I think we also kind of did it last year where it kind of went, at the end of the day, I'm always happy to see, you know, at the end of the day, either of these mm. films kind of win because they, it's a film that not a lot of people would have seen and that's yeah. what... Well, well, for me, what, you know, I, ju- I did just, uh, like, you know, jokingly said, oh, I've just been convinced by the Florida Project anyway. But no, it is, from what from what it sounds like with the Florida Project, what it is, is art at its finest, which is meaning something yeah and um, uh, there's you know i don't think uh, at no point would i ever try and say that oh well raw is a bad film mm-hmm. because raw is not a bad film it's an exceptional <laughs> film mm-hmm. i think the th- the thing that really tipped it over the edge for me for the florida project was that it felt so real to mm-hmm. me and there is a real message there alongside very powerful and moving drama. I mean, it's the I, Daniel Blake argument from... Yeah, from I, year, suppo- yeah I suppose that's it's, kind it's... of a very similar observation, would be that it's real-life affecting... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the problems within the film exist. Uh, and with and the unfortunately, best... replicants don't. Yeah, with the, with the best will in the world, replicants, and yeah. also, I'm not sure that cannibalism is a huge problem at vet schools no, in southern no. France or no, wherever. Probably not. Uh, so, so for me, it was a case of what tips this over, Rolf, just, it, it feels like it's real. Everything mm. feels real and very important and very sort of present. Um, and look, 
we've got three films yeah. here. I've seen all three of them, and I love all three of them. I think they're all brilliant. And the thing films. is, guys, I was put as a disadvantage because I was expecting to fight Moonlight here, and I had arguments prepared. <laughs> um, but yeah, in my mind, it's Florida Project. Yeah. Florida Project. I'm, so I'm, let's, I'm, let's say it. Let's say I'm Florida, Florida, Florida Project is, Florida is Project. the best film of the year. Lovely stuff. Write it down. It's official. Put it in those... <laughs> etch it into stone. There we are. We finally won Florida Project. One final last category. Fuck let's, my life. Okay. Let's rage this. Who wants to go first? Worst film of the year. Uh, I already know that you two are going to have the same one, right? I don't think so. I don't think so because he has not seen my worst film of the year. <laughs> okay. Okay. Raw. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'll, 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 I'll kick off this okay. one. It comes at night. Um, I just had a sudden change of heart. <laughs> Hated it. The old Harry Sutton's <laughs> true. Okay, now, go for it. Now, this was a very difficult category for me. Mm. I had two that were neck and neck up until this point of this sentence where I am still... Just so you know, no honourable mentions in this one. We're going to go straight for worse. Oh, okay. There's no honourable mentions. No honourable mentions. Decide now. Oh, fuck. So I can't even mention the other one that... You mention it, but you can't talk about it. Okay. Uh, the one I will mention is Transformers. Bad, but not as bad as the previous Weak one. There. Source. Yeah. Weak source, Paul. You're going to have to do better than that. Um, but <laughs> here the, he comes. The, the, what clinches it is the latest installment in the Pirates of the Caribbean it's franchise. It's like what Barrett, Barrett is, is here. here. <laughs> uh, you have to understand, Paul, while we were on holiday, Barrett gave us a. Probably a 25 to 30 minute. I was going to say, 30 minute lecture on exactly why Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> Salazar's Revenge, or Dead Men Tell No Tales, I can't remember which, is terrible. And I never now need to see that film, mainly because he's spoiled it completely <laughs> yeah. from beginning to end. But it sounds like it was spoiled already. Yes. Do tell me if it was. It it, it was atrocious. It's okay. really, it's te- like, it's an offensive film to watch because you watch it and you feel like the studio owes you that time back. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> writing a letter. It's like, it's, been, it's like my fifth one and I'm still not getting that time back. Yeah, it's, it's genuinely, it's, it's, so, it's so abhorrent as, as, as a film. It just, the structure is, is non-existent. It replays gags that it's overdone in previous films. Um, this sounds so far so pirates. <laughs> Javier Bardem cannot even save this film, Ugh. nor does he want to try because he's just there. I'm not even sure it's Javier Bardem. I think <laughs> yeah. it might just be tired Jeffrey I, Morgan. Yeah, I, I think they just bought the rights to his name for the poster. <laughs> My favourite thing is that tired Jeffrey Dean Morgan looks exactly like Javier Bardem. <laughs> um, but no, it, and every. It's one of those films that it takes some. You know, I I really enjoyed the first Pirates of the Caribbean film. Yeah, the, I I I quite enjoyed the second one, um, and everything that I did enjoy from those two films has just been shit on and just like murdered and then resuscitated and murdered again because they they murder it more than once in the film. <laughs> It also has the worst cameo of the year, even worse than Elton John in. in oh yeah, Paul, Paul McCartney, McCartney, of course. Yeah, yes. Paul McCartney yeah. as as Jack's uncle is just atrocious and okay. just no. It, like I, I, I won't go on much longer. But if <laughs> was this done by Gore Vinsky as well? No. 
No, it wasn't. Then that is the only saving grace of Gambit at this point. <laughs> because if Gore Verbinski had done this, then... I remember people be... saying the moment oh. that is most Gore Verbinski-esque was the best moment of the film, and therefore Gambit's fine. Wait, wh- um, which moment might that be? The, the bit where someone handed over a cheque for $155 million <laughs> to make a movie <laughs> the guillotine, the guillotine yeah. scene. And the guillotine um, scene is the, the mm. only decent <laughs> moment in I've, it. I've, rest of I'm going to try and for. fight pirates when it comes right. down to What's it. your yeah. choice? Well, speaking of... Killing something off, reviving it again to kill it, kill it off again, revive it again. Mine is Flatliners. Oh god, uh, yeah, Flatliners is dreadful. Flatliners, the story of people who kill themselves to be brought back to life, um, so that they can see what life is like after death, is one of the most turgid films I think I've ever sat through. And the reason this is so bad is because I don't do horror films. We've already discussed this, but I saw Get Out and It this year. And I went, okay, maybe you're on a good run. Flatliners, let's give this a go. It's another horror film that I can watch. And it was awful. So, so bad. You can't care for any of the characters. There is not one single character in that film that I go, I'm interested in. When their lives are falling apart, I'm happiest at those moments. (laughs) You can't root for people who are just smarting cocks the entire way through. Why did we go and see this film? (laughs) I can't remember. I think we, we went, oh, we should probably see it. We were at a loose end, maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. We were bored. Yeah. I think you just got back from holiday. We had, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were trying to maybe catch yeah. up. No, because we saw it when it first came out. We saw it when it first came out. We went and watched it. And the thing is, we probably went in because we were bored. And I can guarantee you, I was more bored after the two hours of that film. I was bored I during in. it, I can tell you that. I was clock watching from like 30 seconds. Like, I, it, I was zoned out. Like, it is just turgid cinema and it is although the laziest incredible wig <laughs> incredible wig is amazing but it is the epitome of studios basically lazily remaking things because they go it will sell off nostalgia alone mm. i don't think it sold well and it did not deserve to sell no, well it didn't. um and it is just an abhorrent piece of cinema i watched it and went why am i wasting my time here yeah and I genuinely think that that film made me not watch a couple of other films this year because I was like, I don't want to have another Flatliners on my hand. Mm. Well, how about a film that made me watch other films just to wash the taste of a film out of my mouth? The Emoji Movie is the worst <laughs> film of the year for the following reasons. A, it exists. B, this is not a joke. C, this is not a drill. D, this is very real and is terrifying. The Emoji Movie is the death of cinema as we know it. And this is a problem. Because I love cinema, as just demonstrated from my blistering defence of the Florida Project. Uh, What I will say about the Emoji Movie is, it is a film. Technically, that (laughs) that is earned. It is technically a film. Luckily, that means it can be contender for worse. It is a film which, A, contains TJ Miller, which means that already it's at a disadvantage. Deadpool clawed itself back from that disadvantage, (laughs) but I don't think this one could. Uh, particularly when you consider the fact that it basically serves as an hour and a half long advert for various different apps and smartphone devices. Okay, fine. So why are we making this film now? Oh, because the kids need something to watch. If kids watch this, they get stupider. I don't know if that's a fact. I just know that that I believe it to be true. Well, what this sounds like is the film version of Star Wars Battlefront 2 microtransactions. More or less. I mean, I I think it's probably more cynical than that because it knows it's going to reach a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
it did very well for itself on the box office. And this is concerning for a number of reasons. One, that could mean that there is an Emoji Movie 2, Express Yourself Harder. Uh, (laughs) It could mean that next generation of our kids will have worse presidents than we currently have. It could mean that Brexit is not the worst thing to happen to Britain in a long, long time. It could mean Brexit isn't Brexit. And that yeah, it could mean that Brexit isn't Brexit. It's actually shits it. <laughs> and that is the worst thing that... Look, okay, so the Emoji movie is awful. And the the saving grace... Okay, fine. The one... No. I, I want to say the one bright spark, but it's not a bright spark. It's just like, it is competently animated, I guess. <laughs> so is that... Is that a is that praise? That's not praise. No, technically. because technically, but Flatliners if, was filmed. If, if I pay <laughs> if I pay someone to do a job and they do that job, I don't go. Wow, amazing! I go because it was put in the I medium. I paid you to do that job. Just because it was put in the medium in which you intended doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean, mean it's it, good. Doesn't mean that you've done a good job. Like I I could film your parents having sex, and just because it is put in a film doesn't automatically give it bonus points. <laughs> okay, so let's fight this one out. We've got three stinkers. From everything I've heard about pirates, it's a stinker. And you've heard, and you've I, heard, a, you've heard a dissertation. I, and I and I have now and I have seen Flatliners, and I was there to watch the snooze fest. It's, I mean, it's dreadful. It's boring and it's right. rubbish. So we both the thing seen, is, you didn't see Emoji. I didn't see Emoji right? movie because so I I couldn't yeah. stomach going to see it because I've not seen either of your two films. Okay. The thing is, right? I can argue pirates, mm-hmm. not well. But I can argue it. I can also argue against, like, with pirates because it is a car crash. Yeah. I can argue with flatliners that it is terrible, and I can't really argue against it because I do think it is terrible. There is no way I can think of that I can argue against the emoji movie being awful. Yeah. Like, I, that's that. that's where I struggle. Yeah. Like, I could I could definitely say there there are moments of pirates where you get a little moment of Captain Jack Swagger, you know. Mm. You oh, get... there is a Trump card, by the way. So I'll wait until all of this is played out. <laughs> okay. Um, I I genuinely thought you were gonna you were oh, gonna be that Donald again. Trump impression. No, no, sad. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be that guy who definitely pulls like Justice League here and going, "I'm gonna pretend this is worse than the Emoji Movie." Despite you saying it, I still don't think you believe it. I don't think I believe it, but um, I do want to believe it so but... badly. There are elements of pirates, mm. and the fact that pirates, I can laugh at some of the stupidness of it. Um, openly, like I can get some kind of enjoyment from it. Like if I watched it, I can get some kind of enjoyment just openly mocking it. I can't get that from Flatliners because they're it's that turgid. I can't even do it. The problem is once again, I can't come back on the Emoji Movie because I don't know if there is anything in that film. I'll save you there and a half. There isn't. I do on a on a moral, fundamental, and ethical level disagree with the Emoji Movie existing. Mm-hmm. And, but more so, I, I could I could let it exist, happily let it exist if it didn't affect me, until I saw that TJ Miller was cast as And the, it didn't try taking Patrick Stewart down with it. And there's the Trump card. You know how there was a really great moment earlier in the year in Logan where you had the end of a character's arc over 17 years. It was a very emotional moment, Paul, and we decided it was the best yeah. moment of 2017. Well, the worst moment of 2017 is when you find out that Patrick Stewart is playing a poo. <laughs> And... Well, I think, you know, it came out after the Logan, so I think it is just, he's just symbolising no, the death of it. the death of Professor X. What, really? because everyone shits himself when they die? That is not appropriate. <laughs> Look, th- the thing is, 
The thing with the Emoji Movie is... I think you don't even need to argue. I know, but I just need to say it, just for the record. The thing with the Emoji Movie is, I don't think there is a world in which this could be made as a good film. Mm -hmm. I think it is genuinely, on every conceivable level, the worst film anyone could ever create. (laughs) And I think that comes from the conception of the idea down to the execution of that. But what you're saying is these two films, there could be a world where... Well, we've seen a world where Pirates was good. Flatliners was never good, but Flatliners... The original Flatliners is bad, but not bad, bad. Yeah. And Pirates, the first one everyone liked, right? The first one's fun enough. And the thing is, if you you hate this Pirates film, you kind of had it coming if you ever had your hopes for it, because... You've had due warning, is what I would argue. It's not the most disappointing. true. Mm. It was just... It was just the worst. Yeah, true. And 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 if there's a category to put it forward, then this is the one. And the thing is, like we said, if Mark was here, you would have somebody... Backing you in your corner, yeah. Well, I knew I had to do something to make sure his his effect on this podcast was still felt. So... (laughs) So, I, yeah, I think basically it's a slam dunk. And I think it has been since that movie was announced. And you had to go watch it for the podcast. Um, what a rubbish day that was. Whoever, whichever one of us decided to go watch it, they had won this round. Yeah. Um, which means the Emoji movie is yeah. the worst movie of 2017. Uh, uh, correction, it is the Entourage Award. Yes. The worst movie of 2017. <laughs> yes. I forgot its official title. Yeah. Yes. The Entourage Award for the worst film of 2017 goes to... Entourage, because it's always the worst film, but also the Emoji shared with movie. On, uh, shared with the Emoji movie. So that wraps it up. So what have we got? So we've got Best Moment. Uh, the Death of Professor Charles X. Xavier and the Burial and yeah. all that. Most Disappointing is Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. Yeah. Stupidest Film of the Year was Triple X3. Sorry, the Nerve Award for Stupidest Film of the Year, Triple X3. Yes. Um, most Surprising Film, a plethora of films. Yeah. Best movie was The Florida Project, and the worst movie was The Emoji, the Emoji movie. movie. I've done well out of that one. Well, I say well. I still had to watch The Emoji Movie. And that was your recompense for being able to win the best movie. <laughs> That's should, where we're going to have to sacrifice my it. sanity more often. We have, this is a long one. We understand yeah. it's a long one. But this is the one where we enjoy talking about movies, especially when we can talk about some of the better movies of the year. Please do check out the films that we do talk about in the best movies and also in the most surprising because yeah. there are some yeah. really great examples nice of treats. cinema in yeah. there. And if you want something to watch, please choose one of those. Um, yeah. There are a load of films we didn't even get to touch, but this is where we're going to have to leave it. Yeah, Alex, please tell them where they can find us. Uh, Facebook and on Twitter. On Twitter, we're at Dinosaur Man. Uh, oh, fuck my balls. We're not at Dinosaur we're... Man. Uh, <laughs> fuck my balls. Okay, so on Twitter, we're at Dinosaur Man 15. On Facebook and everywhere else, which is Stitcher, iTunes, and Buzzsprout, we are Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. As always, you can rate, comment, subscribe, review, tell your friends about it. If you like this episode, go back and listen to the ones where we actually review these films. Yeah. Also, tell us what your favourite films yes. of the year were. Like, or what fits into these categories for you. Did we you like genu- the Emoji Movie? We're always genuinely interested to know what you think of movies as well, because yeah. we never claim we're always right. Don't we? No, because... I sometimes do. Because you guys definitely think Moonlight could be the best <laughs> film of the year. Take that, Moonlight. Um, One last to, dig. <laughs> thank you to Johnny Neeson for the best the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. It was a great theme song as ever. It won my best original screenplay. <laughs> oh, you did the lyrics. Congratulations. You. you got the screenplay thank award for it. Thank you as ever to you, Alex. Thank you. Uh, thank you for hosting. 
And thank you, Paul, for being with us on this. I enjoyed journey. it incredibly. It's a long old shift, isn't it? Yeah, especially, especially the moment where I realised that I am not ever seeing the Emoji Movie. Yeah, that was my favourite moment of this podcast. And until next time, don't see the Emoji Movie. Not even, case, not even for the podcast or for a joke. In case you didn't get that point yet. Bye, everyone. Have a good day. <laughs> Dog. Dog.